Welcome back, everyone. This is the Red and Yellow Kingdom podcast. I'm your host, Scott, joined by Rich with your average everyday Chiefs talk. All of our episodes all are available on all major podcast platforms. Just look or search for the Red and Yellow Kingdom podcast, as well as you can find us on various social media pages such as Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All right, Rich. So this week is and has been. Raiders week and it's been like that uh, basically since we've had Marty as coach um, so it's always been a week that uh, Chiefs fans um, Chiefs players everyone in the Chiefs staff basically always kind of look forward to these kind of games um, going up against our pretty much our main rival I mean obviously the Broncos are a rival too as well but I think the Raiders and Chiefs are more so of a rival so um, as far as, you know, normally on these weeks, like uh, what is it kind of that you, you kind of look forward to um, coming into these games? I think what's fun is seeing the how fans go back and forth, right? I think it's pretty uh, obvious or um, known that the Raiders fans are, are very passionate, right? Um, you know, whether it's how they dress, how they follow the team, mm-hmm. um, so on and so forth. And, yeah, they know that the Chiefs are the rival and we've got a lot of them everywhere, right, especially here in Kansas City. Right. So, and- um, yeah, that's always the, the fun part to see is the uh, the banter between both fan bases. Right. And so, um, obviously, for um, you know, this year is the first year that they've had fans there um, for their new stadium there in Vegas. And, um, you know, the big thing was last year, you know, the Raiders beating us at Arrowhead and, um, you know, them, you know, kind of, was it, trotting around the stadium afterwards right. and and they uh you know was that pre-super bowl champions because it was early in the season like they're mm-hmm. you know winning something big so um no it's it's almost like well now chiefs fans get their turn to go there um in their new stadium for the first time um and everyone knows the whole story about the flag being buried underneath their stadium um and all that or chiefs flag i'm sorry um okay. buried underneath their stadium so it it's going to be um it, obviously a fun, entertaining game, but I hope to see a lot of Chiefs fans there. I mean, obviously I, I wanted to go, but it's just, I mean, it's just the prices were so expensive. Like they, they knew Chiefs fans were traveling this week there and like, so flights were jacked up and, um, you know, it's one of those games that obviously, um, you know, the Raiders, um, you know, have looked forward to on their calendar. So they're always going to probably try to jack up prices for this game too, as well when they're playing. So yeah, if I, I will say that, um, you know, before we get into, everything but um you know if we do end up winning the game you know look for some chiefs fans to do the same thing and you know do a little victory lap around their stadium i would say as well <laughs> right that's funny yeah i've heard really great things about that stadium i've got a buddy who actually i just talked to on what was it wednesday so we were getting haircuts he was headed out to the he was headed out to vegas on thursday um and i mean he's been to like three or four raiders games already mm-hmm. this year right but um yeah, he's like the stadium itself is amazing. You know, from a being a sports enthusiast and looking at these um, architecting architecture geniuses, you know, that come up with these designs. I bet you it's just a cool stadium to look at, right? Like I, right. I don't know if you've been to like I think you mentioned like the the Falcon Stadium, right? It's really nice. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've seen the the Cowboy Stadium. Um, so yeah, I bet you the Raiders one is you know one of those super nice new what's it called? Uh, Darth Vader looking stadiums. Yeah. <laughs> or like some people said toilet bowl, but I mean, yeah, because black toilet bowl. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I think it looks pretty cool. I mean, uh, I can't wait to 
see some kind of event there, um, whether it be a football game or something, it would be kind of nice to go and visit that stadium. But um, even even like oh, so the even the uh, Charger Stadium in the Los Angeles is oh, like yeah. another example, one of those cool new looking stadiums. It would be kind of nice to you know see an event there. Um, I'm sure Clark has that on his radar, right? Eventually down mm-hmm. the road. I mean, I know they, we got those upgrades in the last 20 years, but I'm sure Clark is sitting there thinking, man, if I can build something humongous once the rate, once the Royals move to downtown, right. Um, I bet you it's in the future and it'll be nice, man. I'm all for it. You know, give us a stadium like the Vikings indoor, um, you know, maybe like with the open up the roof. So that sound, cause mm-hmm. putting us in a, in an indoor environment, man, those windows might shatter when it gets loud. <laughs> That's very true. Yeah, like speaking, even like uh, Arizona Stadium too, I believe. Um, yeah, just open all up these, the roof. Yeah, so I'll have all these stadiums that have these, uh, you know, enclosed roofs that you can kind of open up on nice days. Uh, yeah, I I can't wait. Actually, I'm all for that too as well. If we can, uh, if that does happen, where the Royals do move in 10, 20 years or whatever the, the contract we still have left with, or they still have left with them. Uh, to move downtown, we can get that space. So that'd be kind of nice for sure. So um, going into the week 10 game against the Las Vegas Raiders on Sunday night football there in Vegas, I'll give it back over to you, Rich, for the inside of numbers between the game. All right. Let me get that pulled up here. Sometimes this computer likes to freeze as I need it. All right. So Raiders come into this game with a five and three record. Chiefs are at five and four on the year. Um, for those of you that still that think that Chucky is still the Raiders coach, that is no longer the situation. It is now Rich Basakia. Um, just so, just so you know, right? Derek Carr is, of course, our leading um, passer, as he should be, being the quarterback. He's got about twenty five hundred yards passing, thirteen touchdowns, seven interceptions. Their all star tight end and Darren Waller comes in with forty receptions. 470 yards and only two touchdowns, which is a surprising number for him. And then Josh Jacobs leads the way despite being hurt a few games this year with 73 carries, 280 yards, and five touchdowns. Um, And then I'm sure everyone knows this, but um, the last five games between the Chiefs and the Raiders, Raiders have only won once, which was last year, right? First time they um, beat us, period, and then especially at our head in a while. Going into the stats, um, points scored by game, they're neck-to-neck. The Chiefs are at 25 points per game, which is 15th best, and the Raiders are also at 25 games or 25 points, which is 16th best in the league defensively. The Chiefs are at 25 points given up, which is 24th um, most allowed points, and the Raiders are at the 15th ranked team. Um, a little bit under 24 points per game. The yard in the yardage categories, the Chiefs are have the sixth best passing offense in the NFL. The Raiders have the second best passing offense, and then on the ground, the Chiefs has a 15th best pass, uh, rushing game, while the Raiders are at the 27th um, best or worst um, rushing game in the league defensively. The Chiefs um, give up about 259 yards per game in the air, making them 21st ranked. And the Raiders are a little bit over 200 at 207, and that is the fifth best passing defense in the NFL. Rushing-wise, defensively, um, 
The Chiefs are at 121 yards a game, which brings them in at 21st rank rush defense. And the Raiders are at 133 yards per game, which makes them the 28th um, rushing defense in the NFL. So um, overall, from a numbers perspective, Raiders have one of the best pass defenses in the game and one of the best passing offenses in the game. And then rushing-wise, both teams are on the lower half of things. Um, so it sounds like we should expect a lot in the air. Um, but I'll kick it over to you to tell us who could be playing well in the air based on the fact that they're not injured. Right. So uh, Chiefs injuries this week for the Raiders game, um, not really too much to um, – discuss other than one certain area but i will just mention one other injury as well before i get into that um looks like lajarvis sneed is questionable this week with an ankle wrist injury he didn't practice early in the week and then was limited practice but then full practice on the last day on friday so i look for him to probably still end up playing the two players that are key this week for the chiefs being out um is lucas nang and mike remmers They've both been rotating, playing right tackle all this year. Um, and as you noticed, when uh, Lucas Nang went out last game for last week against the Packers, um, it was um, Andrew Wiley that was taking over his spot for right tackle. So once again, look for him to fill in on that right tackle spot. In the meantime, um, until one of those two get healthy, or um, as far as Anybody else would be uh, Kyle Long, who actually was um, officially, he was activated from the um, pub list, um, but he obviously isn't activated to the roster yet. But so they have like about, I think, three weeks from the time that they activate him um, to be on the roster or put him back on that list or um, release him. So, um, I believe as far as, and then also say, same thing with Clyde edwards Solaire, even though he was on injured reserve, he's been activated. So he's about three weeks for the same as well. Um, but they look for both of those players to be back next week. I know I was reading yesterday that Clyde edwards Solaire is still has a shot to play this week. Um, I think if there's anything that came out before the game coming up, um, you know, that he might actually be able to play. But I'm going to think more, uh, likely it's going to be that both Kyle Long and um, Clyde edwards Lair will be back next week. So the, so basically for the um, Chiefs on that injury front is that right tackle spot to kind of look for. Um, obviously with Andrew Wiley playing, he kind of struggled against the Packers. So that will be something to look out for um, on Sunday night. As far as uh, the Raiders are concerned, they have a few players that are uh, doubtful and a few that are out. The doubtful players looks like it's a Meek Robinson cornerback. He has a hip injury um, that uh, didn't practice most of the week, so he's doubtful. And as long, uh, I'm sorry, as far as another cornerback would be uh, Kelshawn Nixon. He has an ankle injury and he did not uh, practice all week, so listed as doubtful as well. So the two guys that they have out for the week is. Oh, man, I'm going to butcher these names, so I know we still went over it earlier, but uh, Nick Kowalski, or how is, how is it that you pronounced it? Kodowski. Kodowski. See, I knew I was going to butcher it. So he's listed as out with the ankle injury that uh, did not practice this week. And then, and then also another player for safety, he had a hamstring injury, then he is listed out this week, his, uh, and that is Tyler Gillsby. 
Ogisby. And it's um, Tyree. <laughs> Tyree, Tyree Gillespie. <laughs> yeah, Gillespie. See, Tyree Gillespie. See, I'm telling you, I'm going to butcher some of these names, <laughs> even if we went over the names earlier. Um, but he's listed as out. So they have a couple of players on their defense uh, front that are listed as out. And like I said, those other two cornerbacks listed as doubtful. So um, that's all on the injury front as far as the injuries going into this game this week. So as far as, you know, how the Raiders have performed, um, you know, this year, obviously they won their first three games um, and they dropped the their first game to the Chargers in L.A. And then they lost the game in Chicago. Um, and then since then, they were kind of on a way back on a roll. But then last week, you're like, what happened? I mean, obviously, last week was crazy anyway. So right? we had a lot of teams lose that were divisional um, leaders. Um, they lost to the Giants last week. So, um, you know, with them being five and three and uh, – you know, they're sitting there tied with the Chargers at the top of the division. And then obviously we're just five and four and the Broncos are five and four. This division is obviously still wide open um, this year. But, you know, as far as on their play this year, how do you think that they've done um, against their opponents that they played so far this year? Well, Derek Carr has always been either their, um, the reason they win or the reason they lose, right? And as you mentioned, to start out the year, he was just hot. People were saying he's finally made that jump that everybody's been waiting for him to do. And then he came kind of back down to reality there when they lost um, games to the Chargers and Bears. Mm-hmm. Um, so, of course, right, everything, every team, right, regardless of it's the Chiefs or Raiders, team success runs through the quarterback position. <clears throat> Excuse me. And, um, I mean, Derek Carr was doing good. He was um, – Hitting Darren Waller constantly, as he always does. We've seen the emergence or more consistent play from Hunter Renfro. And then before Henry Ruggs, um, if they made some poor decisions, he was also coming into his own in the second year. So um, really since then, um, they've kind of been figuring things out, right? Since kind of that Bears game, they've had some situations going on with, um, you know, Chucky's situation and other things that have happened um, with Henry Ruggs and uh, David Arnett. Um, so yeah, I mean, how they play is they, they, they get the ball to Waller and Renfro as much as they can. Got a good running back combination in Josh Jacobs and Kenyon Drake. And then defensively, they, they cover well. Um, Denzel Perriman leads the league in tackles, if I'm not mistaken, still to this day. And then, um, they have really two really, really good end rushers in Ngakwe and Max Crosby. So, um, they've got good players in, in all the spots that you need to be successful. And they were doing that the first few weeks. And then you kind of lost control of the wheel um, there and kind of just been hot and cold. Um, let's say since the, uh, since those first three opening wins. Yeah. And you think, uh, I mean, do you think a lot of it might have to do with um, they've had a lot of distractions and we didn't, haven't gotten into that yet, but um, you know, as far as uh, their situation with their former hood coach, John Gruden, um, who's now once again in the news about suing the league, thinking he got singled out, um, you know, in that scenario, um, you know, as far as all that thing with the Washington football team, um, you know, so he, so he's kind of, you know, upset right now. So, you know, he's now he's back in the news. So, you know, I don't, you don't know how much that might be affecting the team. Um, then he also had the Henry Rugg situation, uh, you know, with, the whole, uh, you know, car accident and, um, you know, end up killing that person in the, um, 
the other car that he had, you know, the, that he had hit. So he had that, you know, obviously he's no longer on the team. Um, and he also had one or their other uh, former cornerbacks had some, um, you know, off field things that happened on, you know, people are posting online about. And so he's no longer on team. So you, you have some, you know, distractions there and you got to think that, you know, maybe some of it might be affecting them. But, um, you know, overall, it's still they still got to play the game. They still have the, the right talent on the team, you know, to, to put wins up for the rest of the year. But, uh, you know, you got to think in some aspect that's probably distracting them, wouldn't you think? Without a doubt. I mean, people say they're professionals and all this stuff. And, yeah, they're able to tune out most things. But when that many things impact you, especially I think the Gruden thing is probably the biggest, right? It's, yeah, I understand that. I'm sure all those guys, you know, none of nobody's a saint. Everyone says things that they probably shouldn't say, um, you know, and they're all grown men. But um, some of the things that John Gruden said, you know, probably hit home with some of the players there in the locker room. And then it, it takes like a day or two. I mean, we have that um, their um, openly gay player in Carl, Carl Nassib, where he like took the day off, right? Right. Um, stepped away for the day because it's just um, all that stuff's impactful. And um I mean, without a doubt, let's say. And then once they kind of did well and they rallied behind their new coach, who is a longtime NFL uh, position coach, um, it seems like they got back on track. And then the Henry Ruck situation comes up, right? Right. Um, and then the David Arnett situation comes up. So, yeah, I mean, without a doubt, like I said, is, you know, they're pros. They can tune things out for the most part. But then you've got coaches who got to address things. The media asks them things. The owner is pulling coaches to talk about things. It's just – they're all necessary distractions that take you away from the game plan from staying mentally in it and, and any distraction, you know, that takes you away from the game is impactful. Correct. Yeah. So, um, you know, seeing how they're going to be, uh, you know, I mean, they still got half season to play, right? So they still got, they still got to play the games, um, you know, seeing how they'll, um, you know, basically can get through these, obstacles that they have off the off the field you know throughout the season and, and see how they can move forward um so you know basically going into this game as far as the keys on the offense um you know i've been kind of saying it as of late um obviously I'm, it might be the first time in a while i don't have to say hey don't turn over the ball because obviously last week was the first time since week one we didn't turn the ball over at all so uh you know i'll be, I'll be griping on the uh, turnovers this week but um, the one thing that I have noticed that I think that the Chiefs, especially on this game on the road, um, they're in a hostile environment um, against Raiders fans of Vegas, is I would like to see the Chiefs obviously run the ball more. Um, you know, they had the, the actually the best drive of the game against the Packers last week, hands down, was the one when they ran the ball the most um, in that first on that first drive, ended up scoring a touchdown. And in the second half, it's just like even the announcers are like, why you don't run the ball, um, you know, more in this game. So I, I still say, um, you know, for this week and to kind of slow the pace down in this game and just, you know, hopefully trying to, you know, sneak out a win there on the road is you got to control the clock and it starts with running the ball. So I think um, in the end, you know, for me, I think the offense uh, key of the game is to just make sure you're running the ball more um, and, uh controlling the clock. Well, and running the ball will really help the right tackle situation, right? Because if you can run the ball, um, I wouldn't say run blocking is any easier than pass blocking, but it's different. And 
if you got four guys on the line that are really good at it and you really only have to patch up one spot, it's a little bit different than when you are um, putting, you know, four to five guys to block anywhere from three to six guys um, in in one or two v one situations. So if we run the ball, uh, hopefully that helps out the right tackle situation. And then it starts to open up the play action game for Travis Kelsey and, and get him in a better rhythm. Um, Cause I know he's usually done well against or he does well against most teams, but um, you know, this year he hasn't done so well. Um, so that for me is, I agree a million percent, right? Run the ball, make it a physical game, which we have a pretty physical line. And um, the way Gus Bradley's defense is set up, right? He really only uses the front four. Um, you read, he doesn't bring the blitz too much. Um, so if you can run the ball and make it to where you neutralize the pass rush with Crosby and Ngakwe, then again, right, open up the short passing game for for Travis Kelsey, or even um, you know he starts to open up the play action game for Hill and whoever ends up being the you know second to third most targeted wide receiver on the team. Which hopefully it, it should be Josh Gordon eventually, <laughs> but uh, we keep keep wondering when that's going to happen as far as when he'll actually start getting more targets or, um, you know, passes thrown his way. So we'll see, we'll see more about that, you know, coming into this game and just kind of keep a close eye on and see if that actually might happen starting this week. But, uh, yeah, like I said, we're just kind of looking for that other target besides Tyreek Hill and Kelsey. Um, so going into, as far as the keys on the defense for one, obviously the defense has been playing like superb. Um, obviously it started and, um, you know, it started not in, not only in the Packers game, but obviously in the Giants game as well. Um, you know, I've only given up, what is it, uh, I think an average of, um, what, uh, thir- 12 points, I think? 12, 13 points in the last two weeks. Um, that's probably uh, obviously from the defense. But I, so I know uh, earlier when I was listening to the uh, injury report, um, you know, I had said uh, the Jarvis need, and I do apologize, obviously it's a Legereus need, but he is actually one of the players I wanted to mention um, as far as being a key this game. He actually was rated uh, third among cornerbacks as far as an average coverage on, in week nine. Um, and he was basically rated like uh, as far as the fourth cornerback overall in passer rating as far as, um, you know, obviously, uh, you know, uh, you know, receivers that he's going up against, like actually, you know, catching the ball and all that. But, he is just balling out, I think, in the last few weeks and really stepping up. Not only him, um, also Ray, uh, Rashad Fenton has been rated one of the better cornerbacks in the last few weeks, um, and also um, even Frank Clark. He obviously had the um, you know, really breakout game there uh, in the Giants game, and he played pretty well in the Packers game too as well. Obviously, he had his best career game, I think, uh, against the Giants. So um, – Going into that, as far as keys on a defense, is just, I'd say, you know, as far as how our defensive line came out and played against the Packers, I'd look for them to try to do the same thing against the Raiders. Um, just try to, you know, get to Derek Carr as much as possible. And this is also a third time in the charm, because I know, I think every single episode of I've said either Mark Ingram or Melvin Gordon, so I'll get it right this time. The first time it's Melvin Ingram. Um, hopefully... He will, um, you know, continue to step up like he did right off the gate in, in the last game, obviously against the Packers. But, um, yeah, I'd say I'd, my key to the game is just uh, getting pressure on Derek Carr and, um, you know, forcing him to make bad passes because we've seen in the past 
when he does, you know, we play him against, uh, when we play against Derek Carr, he does throw, you know, interception or two. And quite frankly, and I hate to say this, it normally is to Darian Sorensen once a game, it seems as of late. So I've heard some predictions already coming in this game that Darian Sorensen's going to have an interception. So um, (laughs) we shall see. But anyways, no, I think that, I think the key is just getting to Derek Carr in this game. Yeah, I mean, um, according to PFF, and I know a lot of people don't like quoting PFF, but it is what it is, right? It's directional is what I say. Frank Clark has had his three best games, pass rushing-wise, as a chief over the last three games. So that's great improvement from him. Um, If we can see him line up on the right right side, it's on the strong side defense for us, on the right side of um, the Raiders offensive line where they have um, a less experienced right tackle. Right. I think that he'll be able to get opportunities there and then have Melvin on the, um, let's say, weak side or the right side of our defense with Chris up the middle. Without a doubt, you'll see success um, in pass rush situations. Now, having Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller, who are more um, – I mean, they can run everything right, but Renfro is is looking to be one of the better slot wide receivers in the NFL. Um, you know, those are anywhere from three to seven step uh, drops for, well, let's say ideally three to five sub drops for Derek Carr. So the ball's coming out quick. So if we can get there quickly, get our hands up, maybe bat some passes down, get some interceptions that way, great. And if not, it'll be interesting to see what happens there, right? What do we do with Sneed staying out wide? And then um, let's say whether it's a combination of Thornhill and Matthew, how do they um, slow down Darren Waller? But then, yeah, right. what do you do about Hunter Renfro and keeping him? contained because that'll be his security valve that'll be Derek Carr's security valve so yeah for me the biggest thing is of course Carr's continued hot streak of late keeping Jones in the middle um hopefully Melvin Ingram um continues to let's say from his progress in last week and then what do you do with containing Waller and Renfro because I think if you let them run the ball more with Jacobs and Drake um I didn't like this. I didn't like seeing Nick Bolton's um, snap count being reduced because Anthony Hitchens is back. Because we saw what Nick Bolton was able to do versus the likes of Derrick Henry. Um, but we've also seen Willie Gay come in there, um, you know, kind of stepping it up after his injury. So the linebacker situation has been getting better. So um, if if we make them run the ball more, I think we'll find a lot more success than if we just let them, you know, pass on us all day. And you mentioned Rashard Fenton. I think he's someone that we'll probably see lined up in the slot maybe a little bit more since Ward has been healthy. And then again, right, it's just it's what's gonna be key is what do they do with Thornhill, Fenton, and Matthew to limit Waller and Renfro. I think that'll be the the, the biggest key outside of of course getting to the quarterback. Right. And also, um, you know, while Waller is basically what you think he's definitely behind Kelsey at this point as far as probably the second best tight end in the game, um, he's just dominating so bad. I know I know people will say, well, Kittle and all that, but I don't know. I think – Kittle's with, always uh, hurt too. Kittle yeah, he's been literally always hurt. That's what I'm saying. Like I, I would say if he wasn't hurt, I would say he would be up there pretty close to Kelsey. But now that he's been hurt, obviously, like <laughs> the last few years, I think it's just been um, – yeah, I think Waller's been the guy that's been kind of that, that second best guy. And like you said – in the past, the Chiefs' defense has always had that issue with tight ends that are really good in stopping them. Um, so it, that's just going to be an interesting point to see who is going to um, 
you know, kind of <clears throat> obtain him. But like you said, at the other end, if you can go, you know, basically stop him, then you have Renthrow on the other end too. So um, that will definitely be the two key stops on the defensive side as long as far as, um, you know, receiving targets. And then also, like I said, trying to get to uh, Derek Carr as well. So I do agree. I do agree with both of that uh, for sure. So with that being said, um, as far as what would be your game prediction score um, for this game on Sunday night? Yeah, so it doesn't look like the Raiders have given them more than 30 points. I think it's like 28 is what we talked about earlier, um, 28 points. And I see it being a defensive struggle. I think it'll be in the in the low, let's say maybe even high teens and low 20s. Mm-hmm. Um, let's say the betting line is Raiders are at like two and a half, which is weird because, I mean, I know it's three points basically. So I think whoever wins this game will win by a field goal. Um, I hate being a, uh, someone that says that Chiefs are going to lose. But with them being, uh, with the record against winning, or let's say over 500 teams, which I guess you do say winning teams, right? Right. Um, Over 500 teams this year. I need to see them make that jump. So this to me would be that jump because the Packers didn't count with it being, you know, Jordan Love. So um, I'm going to say that whoever wins this game will win it um, 27 to 24. and. I'm going to be the bad guy this week and say that the Chiefs don't pull it out. But I also feel that I'm going to be very, very wrong on that because I usually am wrong on all of my predictions. So that's my like reverse psychology that I'm using is that the Chiefs win because I said they're not going to win. I like it, right? <laughs> that's actually pretty smart. Um, uh, you know, I was going to go a little higher just because uh, in Sunday night football and, um, you know, sometimes the uh, when the Chiefs are on prime time as of late, they've been scoring a lot. But I'm not going to go high because uh, I haven't seen anything from the offense to, to think that is going to be high scoring. It's not going to be week two against the Ravens, um, you know, Sunday night football when it was, you know, they will end up winning, or, sorry, the Ravens ended up winning 36-35. Um, it's not going to be anything like that. So um, I definitely came down on my score, and I think it's going to be uh, mid, uh, I said 20s uh, myself, um, but I, I think we're going to end up ultimately winning 27-21. Uh, I think it's just going to be one or two plays that happens are in. Maybe it's a turnover on the defensive side, um, you know, interception from Derek Carr, uh, you know, something that's actually puts us over the top for the game is what's going to make or break the game. Uh, but uh, ultimately, I think it's obviously just going to fall on the defensive side because as far as on the offense, I just don't see it right now getting back to what we think they might be. And I don't really perceive in that maybe until after the bye week, um, if anything. But yeah, um, and for me, um, like I think I have a feeling that you know cars are liability on on Renfro and Waller. I think Tyron Matthews is going to be in a situation where he is able. I mean, he because he's been really close, right? He got one. He almost got one last week and he dropped it. Right. Um, I think he's going to get. He's going to read one. He's going to get a pick, and he's going to have the a very high potential to take it to the house. I think a, a pick six is coming for Matthew in this game. Mm-hmm. So I hope that's what is game breaking, game changing, and that's what brings the Chiefs to victory. Right, and I will say this, and I'm, I'll probably make a bold prediction right now, though. If the Chiefs end up do pulling out this game, I think they make the playoffs. I really do. I think if they if they if they win this game, I think they're going to end up making the playoffs. Well, and one thing uh, you know is in having uh, that conversation with one of my Raiders buddies um, earlier this week, he said. The Raiders, I guess, in the car era, 
because they hit that midway point. And once they start to struggle, they slide and they're absolutely terrible at the end of the year. So he was saying that, you know, that Giants game, well, maybe the Chucky situation was the first like sliding point. He's like, but that Giants game might be that first, you know, downhill push to where they just start slipping up. And so if, right. if, if we continue it, right, and we get the win with how Denver is, Denver is very uncertain on what they are and the Chargers, you know, have hit a road bump as well, mm-hmm. um, then we'll be on the come up, right? So I think without a doubt, if we win this game, you know, the division is wide open and now everyone starts to look at the Chiefs, kind of like you mentioned the other day, right, where the stars would be aligning for um, the Chiefs to regain supremacy in the AFC. Like even Baltimore lost to the um, stinking, very bad football team, Miami Dolphins, right? Right. It does seem, it it does seem out of, out of some weird coincidence that everything is starting to go away. So that's why I go, I mean, it's just, it just seems like that would be the path that if the Chiefs were to win this game against the Raiders, um, and even somehow, uh, depending on you know Dak Prescott's situation on the Cowboys next week against the Cowboys at home, and they beat them heading into the bye week at seven and four. I mean, you got to think as a Chiefs fan, even the Chiefs organization, you're looking pretty solid. Um, you know, looking for the rest of the season. Yeah, I mean, and the cool thing about the NFL this year is there's a lot of parity, right? Um, you, I mean, the NFC has some really good teams, but you don't know who's the top team either there. So, right. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's good to see this from a overall um, football enthusiast and a fan of the NFL, you want to see this. I mean, of course, we'd love for the Chiefs to go 17-0, right? Right. But we know that's very hard to do since only one team has um, gone undefeated all mm-hmm. the way. Um, and I think the Patriots are the only other team to go undefeated in the regular season, right? Correct. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah. So, like you said, um, and if we could potentially come out or head into the bye week at uh, 7-4, think we got to be pretty happy and we'll be right back into the you know the top of the division and looking at one of the top playoff spots right so so big things really for this game uh sunday night it's going to be uh it's going to be that game that uh everyone's obviously everyone's going to be watching too as well not only chiefs fans or raiders fans but a lot around the league so hopefully the chiefs do show up right all my uh like it was rivalry week for me because you know as you know, I'm a soccer follower, so the USA-Mexico game last night, rivalry game. Right. Today we've got Miami-Florida State, which one time was one of the greatest rivalries in college football. and mm-hmm. um, So that's another rivalry. And then, yeah, tomorrow night we'll have the Chiefs-Raiders. So um, let's say last night didn't go too well for me. Hopefully today Miami pulls through and uh, gets a, a win on the Seminoles, and I'm hoping the Chiefs do that as well on the Raiders. Yeah, you don't want to have a uh, a clean sweep this weekend. Let's hope not. Yeah, so. <laughs> not in rivalry, right? Because then you got to listen to people talk trash for a week. Yeah, right. So, all right. With that being said, though, that will be actually all we have for today's episode. Um, definitely check back with us for our follow up um, to the Raiders and Chiefs Sunday night football game on Monday. And uh, with that being said, thanks again for everyone listening. Don't forget to follow our podcast. Go Chiefs!